The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today we're going to discuss one of my favorite developing marketing channels, digital OTT television. Joining us is Anthony Katzer, who is the SVP of Digital Strategy, Corp Development, and Ops at Nextar Media, which is the largest TV station operator in the country, reaching over 171 television stations and 100 markets addressing nearly 38.9% of U.S. households, and with a growing digital media operation, Nextar Media Group offers audience engagement across all media devices, including local broadcast television, to influence consumers' purchasing and political decisions. And today, Anthony is going to give us an overview of the competitive OTT landscape and why it's relevant for marketers. Okay, here's my conversation with Anthony Katzer, SVP of Digital Strategy, Corp Dev and Ops at Nextar Media. Anthony, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you. Happy to be here. Excited to have you on the show and very excited to learn about a medium that I am a consumer of and also something that I don't have a ton of experience with in terms of actually placing ad buys, OTT and the cord cutter version of television. But before we get down that path, let's start off talking a little bit about you. Give us the 10,000 foot overview of who you are and what Nextar Media does. Sure. So I've been around the digital media ecosystem for a number of years, primarily in the ad tech sector. My career started when I co-founded a tiny little ISP in upstate New York, and then we sold that and then blossomed into a career where I was at NetGravity for a period of time. As many may or may not know, a little company called DoubleClick acquired NetGravity, which NetGravity was arguably the first ad server in the internet. And I DoubleClick for just shy of a decade. And then after that, I Worked in distributed computing in the CDN market for a bit. And then I actually went back into ad technology, doing extensive stints at MediaMath. I helped launch the Terminal One platform, which many advertisers and brands use today. From there, I ended up going over to Rubicon Project to really bounce back and forth in digital media between advertisers um, and publishers. So I've worked both sides of the ecosystem from an advertising technology perspective. And one thing in my career that I found really wasn't well rounded was. I knew a lot about digital and how digital media is operated and how it's monetized and how ads are transacted. I didn't really know much about television. It's always been kind of a mystery, I think, to a lot of the digital kids, if you will. 
And Nexstar has been very aggressive in planning a flag in the digital side of their business, realizing that more consumers and audiences are moving to the digital realm that I thought it was a great opportunity to bring my 25 years of expertise to Nexstar while simultaneously learning about the business of linear television. So you've had a fair amount of experience on the digital side, obviously, ad tech and SaaS as well, digital and publisher side. And you mentioned that working in television was kind of the new old frontier in a sense for you. I feel like there is a line in the sand for digital marketers, sort of new wave next generation marketers, where people think of digital advertising as everything post-television. And now with the rise of OTT and some of the digital ad technologies that are being built into long form video content that's displayed on TV, that line in the sand is getting blurred. Talk to me a little bit about what Nexstar does. I know that you have a large network of television stations and how do they think about what OTT is and where they fit into the landscape? We look at OTT as really an extension of linear television or just the television experience. I guess the best way to put that is you've got to look at it and we look at it from the perspective of the consumer, right? When consumers come home and watch television and let's just use television to be the all-encompassing name for that full episode of content on your wall, on your phone, on your tablet, on your laptop computer, you know, we think of it as a lean back experience. Most people, when they watch television, it's either to be entertained or to be informed. And Nexstar's core business is, of course, informing folks and what's going on in their local communities. So we think of OTT as an extension of that lean back television experience that consumers have come to know and love. I mean, that's what I go home and do on a Friday night after a long week. That's what many people go home and do every night is entertain me and inform me. And I think we need to be mindful that OTT should be treated the same way. It's really just an extension of the existing television experience just delivered through a different mechanism. The content is the same for OTT and traditional television, but the method of delivery can be different, right? You're not just necessarily looking at the box on the wall or next to the wall. You could be watching TV on an iPad. You can be consuming it on the phone. You could be doing it mobily. And there's also a fair amount of additional ad tech that's built into the OTT experience that I don't believe is built into traditional television First, let's talk about the actual delivery method. Talk to me about how you think about cross-device content consumption and how impactful is that? Are people watching more television on their phones than they are on the big box on the wall? It depends on the study you look at, but just a basic fact to throw out there, the Video Advertising Bureau earlier this year, I think about two months ago, released some interesting statistics around OTT. In the US alone, there's about 820 million connected video devices. There's more connected video devices than there are total households in the United States. It's roughly two and a half X the entire population of the United States. You can consume video content. Which makes sense because everyone has a TV and everyone has a phone and most people have even some other sort of device which they can watch some Netflix or their TV or whatever their subscription is. That's exactly right. And to your point, with this explosion of distribution, and that's really what OTT has allowed. That's what the internet has allowed. With this explosion of distribution, I can go ahead and watch content on my television, pause it on TV, and continue to watch it if I want to go up to bed on my phone, or if I want to go change the laundry or whatever, I can go ahead and continue to watch it on my phone. So there's this massive fragmentation in terms 
of distribution, almost all of it's on demand, right? Live sports still rule the roost, but pretty much any and all content, unless it's truly appointment viewing, like a Game of Thrones, if you will, or some other shows that are very popular where people don't want spoilers the next day, most of this content can be viewed on demand. The real differentiation between OTT and the delivery mechanism it represents and traditional linear is that OTT, by being delivered over IP, the TCP IP protocol, which is basically the same protocol that brings all the great internet content through your phone and your laptop and your desktop computers, is the same exact protocol that can now bring high-definition video directly into the home. So this advent of fiber into the home or high bandwidth connectivity in the home is really what's transformed television viewing behaviors of American consumers because no longer do you need to just... You don't need to plug in that coax cable or order that Fios or Comcast connection for linear television. You're actually getting fiber for television. So it's really changed how we, as Americans, consume content. I mean, if you look again at some of the numbers, 71% of internet users also use OTT services. Roughly 50% of Wi-Fi households own a streaming box or a stick. Roughly 50% of internet users use an online video subscription or network TV app at least once a week. So this is not going anywhere. It's certainly here to stay. One could argue, has there been some stagnation perhaps in its growth and perhaps some subscription fatigue? I think yes. And I think the Netflix numbers recently do point that out. But it's certainly changed the way people consume content in a dramatically different fashion than linear television. So the method which people are consuming content is different. They're looking at multiple different devices. They're taking their phones and taking their TV wherever they want to watch it. There's also a data component to this because the way that we're accessing television is not going through a coax cable. You're able to add some ad tech technology. I'm assuming that you can do some sort of either pixeling or IP tracking, or there's got to be some sort of a way to get more data on what people are consuming and get richer household data by having people connected through OTT as opposed to television. Talk to me about the difference between the data that's being collected through OTT and through traditional television. The big difference goes back to that TCP IP protocol. If you have a smart TV set that has apps built into it, or you have an OTT device such as a Roku or an Apple television or a Fire Stick, all of those are internet devices. All of those have an IP address. So all of those are now addressable televisions or addressable television devices. That level of addressability, that IP address, which is your unique number for that device on the internet, certainly allows for a greater understanding both of you know, I can map that IP address to a specific zip code, geo, or DMA, so I can understand more about you, the consumer, in that demographic. And I can do things like very custom geofencing, which is a much more refined way of buying consumers within a specific zip code. If I want to string several zip codes together and hyper-target a set of consumers versus buying an entire DMA, state, or region, the fact that I have that an IP address gives me that level of surgical targeting, which... Television historically has never had that. These have not been internet-connected devices in the past. There has been no IP address. Now, that's changing with some of the MVPDs where their set-top boxes are connected. So there are opportunities, I think, in the future, which you could say have been bolstered by OTT tenants or bolstered by programmatic practices in the OTT ecosystem where you could have addressable linear. And there are some companies in the ecosystem that are doing that. 
but it's nowhere near as rich or real time as OTT. No different than if you're watching an episode of a show on your phone or on your laptop, and then there's a custom ad targeted to perhaps specifically to you, it could be based on that mapping to your IP address and what they understand about you as a consumer at that unique number that you have on the internet for that moment in time. Linear television doesn't work that way, right? It's typically contextual or content-oriented advertising, which maps back to a certain demographic. Well, with IP addresses, they can do the reverse and they can map that IP address to myriad demographics to understand what bucket you as a consumer fall into and what your specific interests may be. It could be anything from browsing and content behavior that you're doing off your television, because that could all map back to a similar IP block, which is, think of it as like a number of addresses that you fall into, or it could be very specific again to that IP address that you map to. So it's much more precision targeted in OTT than it is in linear today. However, I do think some of those tenants are going to certainly take hold within the linear ecosystem as you deliver more addressability into linear. The IP address gives you addressability. When you have addressability, that gives you pretty close to -to one-to-one targeting as an advertiser. It's interesting to me that you talk about geolocation first, right? You can understand where someone is, what set they're watching based on their IP. And to me, my assumption would be that there's some sort of a connection from by your IP address, I could figure out your mobile phone, or I could basically start building a profile for you and do more demographic targeting as opposed to geographic. And to me, I'm wondering if that's the way the traditional television industry works is they want to know where you are so they could serve ads that are relevant locally, as opposed to know who you are and serve ads that are specifically relevant to you. Am I thinking about this the right way? Yes, you're spot on. That's a great way of explaining it. That IP address is your unique address on the internet, no different than your unique address at your house. And that address can be mapped to both geographic as well as demographic and psychographic behaviors. It's not dissimilar to when back in the days of catalog merchanting, if you ordered something from L.L. Bean, you had an Eddie Bauer catalog two weeks later. You're like, wait, I never ordered anything from Eddie Bauer. Well, guess what? L.L. Bean had your address on file. That went into a data co-op. Eddie Bauer was like, oh, this is a new L.L. Bean customer. I'm going to send them an Eddie Bauer catalog because our demographics are very similar. And that was all keyed off your home address. Your IP address is no different. Like, oh, so-and-so's IP address 12345, it's four octets. 12345 is watching this kind of content or surfing these web pages. Well, based on their interests or based on things perhaps that they've purchased online that I can tie back to that IP address. Okay, then I should also show them this type of advertising. Oh, they just bought diapers? They're probably new parents. So OTT would give you that kind of precision to say, okay, let's show them ads that would appeal to new parents. There's another component to this, which I think is really interesting. We talked a little bit about how consumers are watching television media in a different fashion. They're potentially watching it on their phones and tablets. That wasn't an option before. There's different data collection practices that can happen. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. 
No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. There's also a big shift in terms of how people are consuming content and who's bringing it to them. Used to be, you know, local television. You have the was the four majors: the ABC, NBC, Fox, CBS, the major local channels, then cable. And now it seems like everyone has an individual app for their television. You have Netflix. You have Disney coming into the streaming landscape. Amazon is a big player. Apple has a different portion. How does the media landscape affect marketing advertisers? And how do you figure out where you should be putting your advertising dollars? Let's throw a number behind that. As of two weeks ago, based on the latest data I pulled, there are over 300 OTT providers in the United States. So a consumer has 300 choices of the content they want to consume and how they can consume it. Because some of it's redundant. You've got several virtual MVPDs out there that do have overlapping content. So I think the challenge that marketers are faced with is fragmentation. I said that earlier today, but I think that is probably the number one challenge that any brand or advertiser, whether they be national, regional, or local marketers, their number one challenge is fragmentation. And how you actually are able to cobble together a media plan by which you can maximize your reach and your frequency across such a fragmented landscape is a real challenge. It takes genuine technological chops and a good technology partner to be able to do that effectively. And I also think beyond the technology, with OTT and all the great targeting capabilities that it's introduced, for example, in OTT, you could target men wearing flannel shirts on every other Thursday. You could certainly do that. That may be your audience, but should you do that is the question. So with all this power of precision data, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And with this massive fragmentation of consumers across 300 different options to watch television, I think marketers need to be careful no matter what platform partner they work with. They need to be very cognizant of the amount of data and how they want to hyper-target their consumers. Because if you look at what television is, whether it is OTT or whether it is truly linear, there is no beating the sight, sound, and motion that television can deliver to tell a great story for your product or service. It's the greatest awareness device ever created in the history of marketing. If you want to hyper-target that, you could potentially limit your reach. You could also, what we found in some of our experiments is that you may also be hyper-targeting an audience that, yes, they are your core constituents. We've also found when we've done some experimentation leveraging our data and our data science is that 
other demographics or geographies that we didn't think were in market actually drove some of the greatest lift. Well, what allows you to best accomplish that is casting a wide net like television and reaching your constituents across a wider field and then narrowing down the spectrum with more granular targeting as you better understand your audience for your product or service. We had a performance marketer on the show a few weeks ago, and the strategy that he laid out was you should cast a broad net when running your ad campaigns and just try to drive traffic, the cheapest way to drive media. And then when you're getting traffic, you should start to understand what is performant and then optimize and pay more for those specific conversions. And it seems like there's a similar approach here where my thought for advertising on television is, hey, it's an expensive medium just to get started because you have the ad production and video is not cheap. But you're going to be able to reach an incredibly wide audience. You're going to get a lot of awareness. And from that awareness, you can start to learn who is actually interested in your product or service. So it's you're throwing money at a problem, hoping to reach everyone and figuring out who's coming in. And then you're going to double down by retargeting those people. It sounds like that strategy is also relevant for OTT, where you're going to broadly run a campaign to understand who is interested in your services, and then you're going to optimize that campaign in a way that you couldn't necessarily do on traditional television by saying, we ran our campaign for three weeks, and we saw that suburban markets that are white men in their 30s are more interested in your product than what you originally thought. Let's double down on that market. That's correct. Yeah, I think the addressability that the internet affords and the OTT is very much a subset of the internet, just the means by which video is delivered through the internet. The addressability that the internet affords, again, you don't necessarily have to surgically target your consumers, but you can surgically understand them, right? You can precision understand your audiences and then retarget them. Use those learnings, not just for OTT. You can use the data that you have on what they may or may not be interested you can then retarget them using display ads, traditional digital video ads you know, in the form of a pre-roll. You can hit them with search advertising. So it really becomes an extension of all the depth and breadth of knowledge and data you have via any other digital channel to then use across all of your digital channels to inform your buy. That's absolutely... OTT is just a subset of the digital ecosystem we know today with all the targetability and all the precision understanding of your consumers that you have in any other digital channel. Okay. I think that's a great place for us to land the plane today. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Anthony Katzer, the SVP of Digital Strategy, Corp Development, and Ops at Nextar Media for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow, Anthony is going to talk to us about how to evaluate the differences between traditional television and OTT ad opportunities. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Anthony, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send him a tweet at Anthony Katzer, A-N-T-H-O-N-Y-K-A-T-S-U-R. Or you could visit his company's website, which is nextstardigital.com, N-E-X-S-T-A-R-D-I-G-I-T-A-L.com. Just one link that I want to tell you about in our show notes. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, you can head over to martechpod.com, that's M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D.com, where we have summaries of our episodes, the contact information for our guests. We have links to our newsletter where you could subscribe to get our once a week newsletter, everything that you need to follow up with our content or reach people that are related to our show. If you ever want to reach out on social media, my handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P on LinkedIn and Twitter. 
And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to part two of our conversation with Anthony Katzer from Nextar Media, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.